Well, howdy, howdy, Mark. Well, howdy, howdy there, Johnny. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm about as good as this off-brand soda and lemon wedge I'm drinking. Um, I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. Yeah? Yeah, good. yeah. How, uh, good, good. how have you been, man? <sighs> I am. I'm not going to lie, dude. I am worn out. I'm kind of just... I'm tired. Just tired, man. So they're building... So the old folks' home got bought up, and they kicked all the old folks out, which I kind of think is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come to find out, like, only three of them were paying actual rent at this place, and the rest was, like, this weird earmark for the city. It doesn't matter. The point is, um, the old folks are no longer getting a free ride, and I couldn't be okay. happier about it. But the problem is, they tore it down, and they're oh, they're opening up, like, another coffee shop deal? And we don't need another one. We've got one. City Market is getting yeah. a Starbucks. Like, there's a Starbucks in Safeway across the street is a Starbucks. There's, like, three other coffee shops. But they're opening up this other one, and it's supposed to be, like, a coffee shop and, like, dog cafe, I guess? I don't know. It's 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 oh. out of town, John. It's out of... Gentrification is coming, but they okay. made a big push to only hire, like, non-traditional construction workers, right? So when I say a construction worker, you imagine probably a white dude or Hispanic dude, you know, that's, yeah, that's blue right? beer gut. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how, yeah. And I don't know how to say this without sounding like a boomer. So I'm just going to say it. These are kind of non-binary people. You know what I mean? A lot of oh. they, thems instead of a lot of he, hims, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. But okay. They're, they're doing a good job. As far as I can tell, I don't know, whatever, not judging, you know, but the problem is, is. I can't deal with the cat calling. Oh no. Oh, because no. like you know, it's it's a right, you know, or not, it, it, it's a it's a thing that we all know and love that construction workers will cat call women. Well, I get cat called too, but it's shit like I'm walking by and I hear one of these people spout off with, "Oh, hey, look, there goes the white guy at 10 in the morning without a job." Why don't you go start a podcast? And I turn around and go, I got a podcast. It's called the Dang Old Podcast. <laughs> I was going to hope it was uh, somebody in a, a ball cap, glasses, and cigarettes screaming, Commie, go home. But that is uh, that is just about as good as I could ever hope, buddy. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dang Old Podcast. This here weekly podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, we talk about two episodes of that animated classic by Mike Judge, King of the Hill. We talk about them, we rate them, we, we uh, take a look and see if they are uh, worth watching today. It's as a retrospective rewatch. Uh, we've got a patented rating system that we uh, we go through at the very end, and it's uh, it's just a grand old time here. At least I like to think we have a pretty good time, Mark. Um, what do you say we hop on into episode 237 this week? Good lord. I, know. I think that's a good idea, and I just want to be clear, I'm not besmirching any type of construction worker on any part of any spectrum. Thank you. Oh, thank you for clarifying that. Um, <laughs> episode two, two, except for the ones that come from outer space, man. Like, those guys can fuck off. Oh, yeah, taking our jobs, goddamn illegal aliens. It's Or or the, uh, what is it, the, the goo bags? The, the time immigrants? Oh, goobacks, yeah. <laughs> goobacks, thank you, goobacks. Yeah, everybody, we need. We all just need to get back into the giant gay man pile. Guys, episode 237, because we're not talking about Gonna South Park, we're talking about King of the Hill. <laughs> uh, Earth, Earthy Girls Are Easy, original air date, October 5th, 2008. Uh, this has uh, written credits by Paul Corrigan and Brad Walsh. Mark, where have we seen them before? Uh -huh. 
Uh, we just saw him on trans fascism. We gave that a two tame. We like Corrigan and Walsh. They're okay. They're good guys. I we um just looking back at like some of our old stuff. We well, so really only saw him one time. But well, they also wrote. They also did Peggy's Gone to Pots, and I was all about that one. You weren't so much, but you know Corrigan and Walsh. They're we're in for a good time. Okay. And and with the trans fascism thing, like it's once again a buck get buck gets into some shenanigans bullshit deal. Oh but man, I we'll talk about that a in a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So Corrigan and Walsh, uh, our cast of characters this week. We have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, Buck Strickland, Octavio, Joseph, and Nancy Gribble, Enrique, Melinda, Joe, Jack, unnamed gun club member who, for the record, should just have been fucking Mad Dog with an ankle bracelet. I think. Uh, Becky, Mandy. Non-speaking roles from Donna, Maria Montalvo, John Redcorn, and Elvin Mackleston. No Mud Dauber. I think he got kicked out of the Fudge Cake, man. Also no Lucky. Lucky plays rhythm guitar for Fudge Cake, and he doesn't show up. Oh, you're right. You're right. It isn't yeah. Mud Dauber. Well, and for yeah. that record... Well, is, I'm, isn't Mud Dauber the drummer? Too. Um, oh, Dell's their manager, you know. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, he's kind of. Hey, technically, keyboards is a percussion instrument. Um, synopsis here to try and stay quote green Strickland propane gets in the business of carbon offsetting uh, a story characters here Hank Buck and Dale I didn't see a, a real good B story it's all kind of tied up into this one um, let's get into some notes yeah man. yeah let's do it what do you got for me buddy Um, I'm really curious to see I love the, the opening of this we get some vintage Hank Hill right Bobby and Joseph are destroying okay. his lawn, and he is literally so mad or so freaked out, he can't word things correctly. That's mm-hmm. to be expected. Like, that's old school Hank Hill. But I love his, how many times did I have to tell you there are no dinosaur bones in this, like, in the backyard? And I just got <laughs> to thinking, I'm like, how many times did he really have to tell Bobby that after, uh, was it Professor Lerner, just decided to, like, excavate the shit out of his backyard? I'm, yes, but I imagine that was a reoccurring problem with Bobby as a kid, is <laughs> finding buried treasure or dinosaur bones or an ancient Martian right. civilization. Right. Um. So by your rule, I have to immediately like knock this episode up a notch, or it has to be a, a butane because I learned a new thing. And so here, here we go, buddy. You're going to learn a new thing. We're going to talk about carbon offsets for a second. Oh, boy. Okay. Um. And really, so carbon offset, Mark... When we think about it, we think of, just like this episode says, people that are now planting trees or dedicating sections of forest that will never get torn down because they represent so many tons of carbon. Um, They can represent all sorts of different things like wind farms or renewable energy or finding a way to make things quote unquote carbon neutral. That is that is the big Mm -hmm. buzzword around a lot of this shit. Um, did you know that there mm-hmm, are literally mm-hmm. carbon offset companies that will capture carbon out of the air and put it back into the ground? Isn't that a isn't that a deal out of Iceland or Norway and they can like I think Yeah, I, maybe. I think it was Denmark. I remember seeing something where they at. like they can like absorb it out of the air and like make it into like a pellet. Yeah. Like they can actually condense it into a physical form. Yeah, it's pretty goddamn cool. Yeah, so that's that's the thing I learned this week is that there are companies that do that, and it can be very expensive to do it that way, but let's be honest, that's probably the best way to do it, right? 
you're you're not making the rest of the planet fucking overwork itself to try and make up for us. You're literally doing the work for them with a machine. Also, so, fuck you and fuck your expense. It's not a real thing. Just fucking do it. Okay, that was me on my fucking soapbox. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, so it. that's that's a, that's what I learned about carbon offsets. That um, the okay. line of I don't know. I say this one's pretty leafy tells me that Octavio is smart enough to understand the function of trees and the role they play in uh, photosynthesis. And I, I just got to give the writers credit here. I, I'm not super surprised that Octavio knows it, but damn, does my gal Friday just, he, he, he surprised me this week. Okay. okay. Um, Mark, we're going to play guess, guess, uh, worst answer wins. That's, that's going to be the game we play here. Worst answer worst wins. Worst answer Mark. wins. Okay. All what right. atrocity did Sting commit? Did who? Sting, because Peggy says he has to have done some pretty awful things to, to constantly be uh, doing all this shit to make up for it. Um, I'm going to say that it's probably that fucking song, Fields of Barley. <laughs> oh. Um, I'm, I'm just <laughs> What gonna, about you? What's? I, I'm just going to have to say it was the fact that he ever even dared to collaborate with Krusty the Clown and send his love down the well. But I know almost nothing about Sting, so... <laughs> There you guys go. You get a Simpsons reference from me. <laughs> I know he's into tantric sex. I know that I don't like his oh. music. I know that like the wrestler that bears his name, I want them both to just go away and never be mentioned again. And I know that that won't happen. So, yeah. No. Are you kidding me? The wrestler got to got to pull out another match out of Ric Flair in like two weeks. Oh, wow. Let's watch Senior Citizens fight. I, why are we okay? Sidebar, son, uh, sidebar, John here. Um, why are we so fascinated watching senior citizens fight? Literally, the Trump Biden shit is watching two eighty-year-old men yell at each other. Uh huh. Um, wrestling is now just two eighty-year-old men hitting each other with chairs. I guess they're in their sixties, so they're hitting each other with chairs in their sixties. And again, no disrespect to Nature Boy, but still, you're oh, he's eighty, too old. He's not Go sixty. Home. He's eighty. Oh, oh, he is eighty. Yeah. So, so my granddad just died. Um, he was eighty three. I'm yeah. sorry. There is no fucking universe where I want to see Ric Flair in the 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 form of my grandfather doing anything because it makes me goddamn nervous. Ric Flair has been making me nervous in wrestling for the last like twenty four years. For more, <laughs> right? For more time that you've been watching wrestling than like than not. Holy shit. I, yeah, when I got into wrestling, I didn't know who Ric Flair was. I didn't understand the pedigree, why he was the best. All I saw was this, like, 60-year-old man on SmackDown who kept getting up on the top ropes and always botching it. And every time he'd get up there, like, the announcers would sound a little bit nervous because his <laughs> spine was going to turn to fucking dust. Anyway, that's Mark's bitching about geriatric people because in the future we should live longer. Let people die. I don't know. Anyway, keep going, buddy. Sorry. We're, we're going to put Sting and uh, Ric Flair and other Sting down a well and block it up. It's going to be great. Um, We're, we're going to do Sting versus Sting in a Ric Flair on a pole match. Yes. Oh, fuck yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. Um, <laughs> I would too, actually. <laughs> um, okay. Fuck, you got my money, Vince. All right. <laughs> so quick, somebody get Tony Khan and Vince McMahon. We've got billions to make. Um, uh, next one here, I get to pull some knowledge from when I was um, when I was a young man, and I did shit like irrigation and parks work. Um in case you guys are curious, when you're planting a new tree, you have to water it daily for the first two weeks, like a couple of times a day, preferably. You have to make sure that the roots are constantly saturated with water 
um, and that the ground around it is constantly saturated with water. And then you have to intermittently, like every two to three days, water it for the next two months. Um, I just, it's a note that I have here because, what would you say, Strickland Woods? I don't see a damn like lick of water anywhere near that. And I know that he didn't pay for a giant thing of irrigation to water all this shit. And nobody's going out there with all of these, these brand new trees and lugging 350 gallon tanks of water and just like chunking them in there. Like he's too cheap to have anybody do that. These, these trees were always destined to just fucking die. I also would like to point out that if there's not a forest in a place, there's probably a reason like it can't support the forest in a place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, next one here. I got two more here. Next one. Um, Mark, who is it that's dancing around on the play stage in Buck's office? Oh, it's uh invinci- or Unvincible, right? Unvincible, Mark Grayson himself. Guys, go watch the second season of Invincible. It just fucking started again after like a two-year hiatus. Fucking great. Or go play Mortal Kombat 1 and you can play as Omni-Man and just destroy the fuck out of people. Um, Last one here uh, is that, and we already kind of mentioned it, apparently we get one last ride for Big Mountain Fudge Cake. John Redcorn decided to reunite for one final gig, I guess. Because he is yeah, very sure. firmly in in his like dad rock, kid rock, <laughs> kid rock <laughs> state ah. of mind. <laughs> oh, he's breaking in a new catcher's mitt tonight. You'd guarantee it. Yeah. So I just I didn't I didn't realize that we ever we were ever going to see Fudge Cake again, and this was almost a pleasant surprise. I know you don't care for them. I fucking like Fudge Cake. I think they're dumb. It doesn't. I don't dislike him. I just don't care i don't know <laughs> but mark there's a hole in my pocket where my money should go and there's a hole and there's a hole <laughs> um those are my notes buddy what do you got for me that i didn't steal from you and i'll be sad if invincible isn't stolen from you because i know you fucking noticed it i saw it and i made a note to not say anything about it because i was like no 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 um <laughs> Um, one thing you didn't talk about was, um, how good pornography is for the world, John. Pornography? In Explain. Pornography. In 2014, Pornhub said that they would plant a tree for every 100 videos watched in the big dick category. Or 14. Um, by October 12th, they had planted one, or 15,473 trees. <laughs> So Pornhub is doing more for the world than fucking energy producers. Okay. I believe it. Great. <laughs> Man, I miss our old percolator. Yeah, fuck you. I miss our old can opener because Joe Jack pooped the can opener. I don't know why I thought that, but that's what I wrote it for you this morning. <laughs> Joe Jack pooped on our can opener. <laughs> it didn't open my beans, honey. <laughs> How do you handle this can, honey? Um... General note that I just kept ticking. Um, I need to go dig a hole. God, I haven't dug a hole in decades. I, <laughs> oh, God. Growing up in the fucking prairie land where, you know, where I was in high school at, dude, it was just we had six acres and land and there was nothing buried. So I was just allowed to go out in the backyard and dig. And, oh, my God, I love digging. I, I would buttress up my holes a little bit. Like, it was great. And yes, I know I said buttress my holes. Um, 
I called back to trans fascism earlier because it's a Buck gets a side hustle episode. Yeah. Um, but do you notice there is a distinct character character? There's a distinct change of character in Hank this episode. He's not on Strickland's dick. He hates Buck. He's done with Buck. He's so he doesn't want to work shit. for Buck yeah. anymore. And I really think that trans fascism fascism was the last straw. And I. I, I kind of want to give Corrigan and Walsh maybe a little bit of props because they're like finally making Hank not be such a buck simp, and I love it. Okay, okay. Don't try and make me like yeah. this episode, buddy. Don't be pulling shit like this oh. out here. <laughs> well, how about if I tell you that uh, six trees can put down one ton of carbon per year? Okay. And then go out and count six trees. And then realize how many fucking trees there are and how bad of a problem all this is. And realize how fucked we are. Probably should have been a yeah. con. <laughs> it's, it's a more um, you know moment. The more you know. Um, the news station is here, honey. They can't look in my locker, right? You know why? Because Joe Jack pooped his locker, too. <laughs> He's got his little flask. He's pooping in it. I don't know why why, why Joe Jack just shits and everything, but he does. Um, finally, why is Lucky not in Big Mountain Fudge Cake? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised you noticed it and I didn't because I tend to, to be the more proactive Lucky person. Well, I just saw that because, you know, there's that one where they're at, um, I want to say they're at That's Amore maybe, and they're playing. And it's Red Corn is singing and then mud dauber is on bass and then lucky is on his uh flying v and there's like an empty drum kit in the back but i don't know i thought i thought mud dauber did play drums but i guess not okay yeah yeah i don't know um no i looked it up it's just lucky red corn and uh uh elvin so yeah there you go um okay what are your pros buddy um, I don't have a lot here, but I will say the first one is uh, it came early and it came hard. Um, if I ever get Name a chance my sex to own... tape. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, if I ever get a chance to own land again where I get to plant what I want to plant and nobody can judge me and and I'm in an, a, an accurate enough climate, I'm going to plant things on the Bobby Hill basis of can I make a pie out of this? Because damn, okay. is that not a great way to do that? Like, if I can't get something from this tree, if it's just going to kind of look pretty, I don't know if I really want it. Like, I love the look of red maple, but I can also get maple syrup out of red maple. Mmm, okay. You know, like, I kind of really like walnut trees. I love the smell of black walnut trees. And I also enjoy walnuts. Like, if I can't do something with this tree, if it's just going to sit there like a... uh, a big one that we used to see a whole bunch, it's indigenous over in Colorado, is the honey locust tree. It's got those little banana seed pods that have the little yeah. shitty seeds and fucking everywhere. Those things do nothing. They mm-hmm. do nothing for anybody. They're not even fun. They're just shitty. They're not even fun. They're just a, they're just a <laughs> shitty tree. Fuck you, honey locust. Okay. Um, okay, okay. That's what Johnny's mad at this week is the honey locust kids. I fucking fuck the honey locust tree. You can't make me a pie and I'm mad about it. Wow, I sound way more drunk than I actually am. That's great. Um, <laughs> Dale burying ordinance in his backyard is classic. And one of the funniest jokes I've seen about Dale in a while. Because did would you like deny that even for a second? Is that out of character for him? That's a... Oh, no. Yeah. That is like an Imperial level joke. 
that if you don't know Dale, it's not that funny. But if you do, it's like 100% more funny. Okay, my last pro here, and I'm going to caveat this by saying I, I'm the second it comes out of my mouth, I know I'm going to regret saying it. Mm -hmm. Mark, we never got a Dale and Buck team up after this or before this, and this was barely one. Can you imagine the sort of shit those two could get into? Yeah, I thought about that a lot, and I don't like, mind. I'm kind of glad this is the only crazy. time they got together. Yes. So I don't know. It's a pro. So it's a pro to me, but it's also a con to me, if you will, that that this is it. Like they barely t dipped their toe into that that crazy Kool-Aid and decided, oh, no, that's like we force feed this to our audience. We may as well just give them diabetes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you noticed it, too. Yeah. They're they're two very unhinged individuals, and this episode is not a particularly good look for either of them. But um, anyway, give me some of your pros. Tell me what you liked about this episode, because that's it. Like, yeah, I really yeah, yeah. don't have a lot here. Um. Um. So does your does your teacher ever talk about going green? I don't know, Dad. You talk about propane. <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> it's really good. Um, Bobby's genuine enthusiasm for the... I like that Bobby's kind of earth conscious. This is another like classic episode type where Bobby it's wants to line. save the world. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I like also how common sense Hank is about it all. Like, I can see Hank becoming the guy that gets pal passive solar in, like, 2009 because it's a better... De you know, like, he's one of the first ones on Rainy Street to get it. So, per... Um, it's not easy being green. He's an asshole. And ho, 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 environmentalists are stupid. And now he's like, you guys, we can make the world a little bit better. And we can do it by, you know, small changes that add up over time. And that's the right way to do it. It's not extremism. It's not all this weird shit. And it's certainly not buying in carbon offset. So, like, Hank is right. And I really appreciate Hank's character in this episode. Because he could just be such an ass. Like, are you talking about that Al Gore crap again, Bobby? Like, <laughs> um, he could just so easily do that and he doesn't and he actually cares and he actually tries and he actually gets mad at buck and dale because they're not helping and i really like that i'd say this mm -hmm. is a really good hank episode just at base level and a really good bobby episode until dale corrupts him but that is what dale does he corrupts yes i need to talk to you about the little fridge you keep in the closet with you and your record johnny it's uh <laughs> i know you don't want to drink warm vodka not but drinking i need warm you at least put the door on <laughs> When we started Two Wizards, I had a mini fridge in the think hole. Oh, and, um, God. And quickly had to take it out because it kept running. It's that one in my kitchen. Okay. It was on the side of my desk there, and I had to take it out because not ending beer right there next to me, but two, the microphone to pick up the fridge yeah. turning on every 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, Those are just some things I wrote down that aren't very funny and don't really matter. So, yeah, I'm going to say that those are my pros, buddy. Okay, I'm gonna get to cons here, uh, and the first one is, hot damn, this episode doesn't age well outside of where you live. Um, uh, this the way this episode is presented is it makes me feel like American representation to the rest of the world is that we are the laziest and thoughtless people on the planet. But we are. Um, when you stop and think about, uh, no, we're not. We're not nearly that bad, and not all of us are like that. 
And it, that's why this is a con for me, because it is a sweeping fucking degradation of our entire society. God damn it, I want to be a proud American. I want to get back to, to being a, proud to say that's where I fucking come from. Um, but it's really hard when you have shit like this, because they go, well, yeah, you're a fucking moron. You'll, you'll just go and support carbon offsets, and you continue to drive your giant SUVs and eat your 72-ounce steaks and do all this shit with absolutely no concern for anything. And it's like, well, no, fuck you. I, re I recycle and I'm, I'm conscious about how I do my lawn care and I do all this shit. Yes, I enjoy a 72-ounce steak every now and then. And yes, I like driving a bigger fucking car. But God damn it, I'm not, I'm making changes here. And this makes it sound like mm. nobody gives a shit. Um, it just minimizes all the shit that people do in our country. And I, I, I granted, I may sound like a fucking hippie or a hipster or some. Some sort of preachy jackass, but goddamn, like I, when I had to go back to the States after living in Germany, I bring this up a lot, guys. There was a lot of culture shock there coming back to the States because Germany recycles everything over here. I've got five goddamn like uh, uh, garbage bins. Um, I have to separate all my shit between plastic and paper and metal and, and pay, like all this shit. And going back to the States and knowing that everything just goes in one giant can and none of it's recycled and it all goes to one spot to just sit there and rot forever. Yeah. It kind of fucked yeah, with yeah. me for a little bit. I want us to do better. And I don't want people to think of us as the caricature of this. Uh, just like the end of the episode where Hank spoils everything to everybody and they don't fucking care. They just mm -hmm. want their music show. Yep. Well, you know, is it cheating when Leo, you know, buys, Carbon to offset his private jet use? Well, yeah, it is, but we love Leo. Hey, 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 remember yes. when uh, Hawaii was on fire and fucking Oprah and The Rock said maybe it'd be cool if you guys gave him some money? Fuck everybody, dude. Fuck everybody collectively all the time, always. I hate I hate society yeah. and I hate you all. I hate cursive yeah. and I hate all of you. <laughs> um, It's just, it's rough. Like, I hate that so, so much of our lives, like, as, or our, our identity... So much of our identity as Americans is wrapped up on what is force fed mm. to us through the internet and through news. Because you meet any American and almost, almost none of them are going to fit that mold. You have probably a one in hundred chance of meeting the crazy Trumper that would be on Fox News that you constantly see getting shoved into your face. You have a one in hundred chance of meeting the super ridiculous granola hippie that that like reeks of patchouli oil and literally only eats things that that like spent 20 20 days or some you shit you need to become a produce wizard compost. dude like, <laughs> that's all i can tell you go work in a grocery store because uh, i guarantee you are overexposed to that shit way more than any human ought to be yes but like it, it's just such an inaccurate representation of what i feel most americans are most Americans are willing to make compromise. And if you told most Americans, hey, it'd be much easier for the environment and for your fucking electric bill to switch your light bulbs out, like Hank suggests, a lot of them would fucking do it. Because yeah, that's easy. Like, yeah, we're lazy. But, but we can't even easy, do the we'll easy shit. Do like, it. Recycling is too hard. Ugh, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. It also it's doesn't really matter. Not, we're all going to die anyway. Just <laughs> we're running out the clock now. So who cares? Let's... Smoke our cigar in our big old ugly ass SUV, I guess. I don't know. Fuck, Buck. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll move on here. <laughs> we'll move on here. Um, I, there's no way ever 
in King of the Hill history that I believe that Buck is this smooth with all of the lady characters this episode. He's way too likable. Those women are way too into him. I don't give a shit. I mean, you you could you could have just given all of them 300 milligram edible gummies, THC gummies. And they might think that that Buck is fucking Brad Pitt and he's still not going to be that smooth. He's still not going to score okay. women like that. It's Buck fucking Strickland. He's he's pulling a tail he doesn't fucking earn. Um my last con here I already mentioned as we were going through our cast list and that I really just think that the gun club guy that they wanted to do shit on his his like lawn or on his property I Mad Dog should have just been Mad Dog. Like if you're gonna bring somebody back from the gun club, oh, I thought he blew no, up. No, he's in and prison. And they were like, "Did you? Did we get Bill?" And I like fell they, in another hole. I thought no. he died in the compound. No, I'm pretty sure. No, I I'm pretty sure he just went to jail. And it's like, eh, it's Texas. They don't give a shit about weapons crimes. Just put him out and put a put a fucking ankle bracelet <laughs> <Clearly>. on him. <laughs> anyway, those are my cons. Give me something. Give me something else to hate about this fucking episode. Uh, I got lots of shit to hate about it. You do, you do. Uh, I don't think you hate the episode. I think you hate society, though, because my first note is goddamn carbon offset bullshit. I remember this shit. I remember how companies are yeah. going, oh, yeah, well, we're paying for trees. Fuck you. Um. Hey, you know, so there's, I forget who says it. Maybe it's Luann and she's bitching about penguins or something, right? Someone's talking about penguins. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's so not the, Luann. It's, it's one of the, the hippies. There you go. Yeah, so... Um, the, the, I know that I should have paid closer attention to it, but as soon as they talked about penguins, my mind went this way. Hey, you know, this year's penguin hatch is the first one that's just going to die outright because it didn't get cold enough for the babies to develop the feathers they need. So this entire huh. year's penguin hatch is just going to die. Huh. Yeah. Well, not entire. It's like emperor penguin. It's the penguins in, in Antarctica, like South American and or South African and Australian penguins are all right, but... Antarctica penguins yeah. are largely fucked. Way to go, guys. We did it. We fucking eradicated that penguin-ass menace. Um, <laughs> yeah, This episode grosses me out. It makes squeezed, me angry, Mark. dude. Dude, it, I love fresh squeezed. If it ain't if it ain't black and white, claw, scratch, and bite, baby. Um, <laughs> This episode <laughs> bums me out because it just goes to show how screwed we are. But it also goes to show how fucking dumb the debate is because shit like Dale, who's both simultaneously right and wrong at the exact same time, because he is right. Electric vehicles do get worse mileage and the fucking components to make the batteries are insanely bad for the planet. Um, we were supposed to have another ice age. Yeah, sure. We had it in like the 1800s a little bit. And we're probably due for another cycle in the next 150, but like, you know, we're going to die is the point. And all this like bullshitting and hemming and hawing of who's to blame doesn't do anything for it. Instead, we're just watching it. All, we just get to watch the ship go down and then talk about how we tried to make the ship not go down as we started drilling holes in the bottom of the ship because God damn it, I need another iPad. Um, we missed a montage of Hank doing concert shit. I'm kind of bummed that they just cut to the week. I really would have liked yeah. to see the negotiation scene of Big Mountain Fudge Cake is getting back together, Hank. I'm sure you can necessitate some stage time for me. Uh, yeah, John Redcorn, but Lucky's got some items in his rider. And, you know, Lucky just wants a thousand brown M&Ms or something because they match his teeth. No, <laughs> yellow and brown M&Ms because they match his teeth. Um, we just missed out on that. I'm kind of bummed. And then that's my... Actually, I have a favorite moment as my con. So... Oh, shit. I'm going to kick this to you, to your favorite moments. 
I I don't have one really. Like the only thing I can think of that I wrote down here is Bobby's whole pie tree philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of I I I I went for the pecan tree because I like the idea of making pies out. Um, that that might be it out of this whole episode. I have a hard time watching this episode. It's not fun. It's a it's scathing review of what fucking life was 15 years ago and how little it has changed since then. It's only fucking accelerated since then. Yeah. It... So. Okay. Uh, give me your give me your favorite moment. And I'm curious. I don't think we've ever had a, a con moment here. Well, do you want the pro moment or the con moment? Because I got two. Well, fuck, give me both. Well, I mean, which one do you want first? I'll just give you the pro first. Um, no, I'll give you the con first because it's it works better this way. Um, con pro favorite moment. Convit moment. I don't know. It's my super noose and pwn moment because it's super. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, caring is for suckers. You were right. I love that. And Bobby just gets so broken down. And yeah, Bobby, caring is for suckers. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter, buddy. Doesn't matter. Had sex. And then my other pro, though, is uh, the actual the ending. The actual ending there with Hank and Bobby in the yard. And yeah. they're, you know, taking care of his tree. And Hank, you know, they're putting in the supports to keep it up in the wind. Weird foreshadowing for literally our next episode. But, like, I like it. Right. I like it a lot. That's a good King of the Hill ending. There's a weird sort of, like... It's like a bitter optimism and that, like, Hank is going to pass the house to Bobby. Bobby will raise his kids yeah. under that fucking pecan tree. And I think it is, I think it's kind of beautiful. Like, I almost cried at the ending. I'm not going to lie, but. Okay. Yeah. Ending is solid in this. I will give it, I'll give it its credit there. Well, at the end of the day, that's what you got to take away from it is that, like, yeah, we're fucked. Yeah, we're killing the planet. Earth will be fine. We won't be. But in the meantime, there are some things that we can do to maybe make it not so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, like I don't already know the answer to this, but you're obligated by contract. Johnny, do you want to break down our rating system? I paid you a lot of money to break <laughs> down our rating system so that I wouldn't have to break it down. So now you need to break it down. <laughs> I made a rating. Don't worry about a rating system. I made the rating system. I just need you to explain it. I don't. I'm trying to wrap around a Dale here. Anyway. You're trying to offset this to me, buddy. I see how it is. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, guys, at the very, at the very bottom, uh, we have our charcoal rating. A charcoal rating of King of the Hill means that it's a failure of an episode. It's so dirty it leaves soot underneath your boy's fingernails. Charcoals are episodes you don't rewatch. Uh, you may see them once on an initial viewing, but you're gonna actively avoid them from here on out. After that, one step up is our megalo, and our megalo episodes are not much better. They may have a better one better guest star or they may have one or two funnier lines in it. But really, it's also pretty much a failure of an episode. Mark and I tend to liken Megalo episodes to turds because they're like big, giant brown things you find in the toilet with little shiny golden kernels in them. So <laughs> if, if that's what you're feeling about your episode, it's probably a Megalo. And I bet you it felt so good to get rid of it. <laughs> After that, you got your Butane. Butane is a bastard episode. You love to hate it. You hate to love it. Uh, a butane, it's it's a middle of the road episode. A butane is um, a dime a dozen. There's going to be bunches of them in any of your given shows, especially ones that lasted over 200 episodes, just like King of the Hill. Anything that's been syndicated, good, your chances are pretty good. Half of them are butanes. It's just average TV. It's an average representation of King of the Hill. It's watchable, but you're probably going to dick around on your phone. 
After that, you've got some of the best King of the Hill episodes in Char Kings. This is our B rank, our gold rank, if you will. Um, the Char King episodes are, uh, they, they, they tend to take the sitcom trope and twist it in fun, creative, and interesting ways. Uh, Char King episodes are going to be the ones that get in-depth into your characters, and they have really fun guest stars, or they'll take something in a sitcom and just totally change it from something you'd ever seen before. If Mark and I both agree that an episode's a Char King, it becomes an Imperial. And an Imperial episode is one that is so good. It's an almost perfect King of the Hill episode. The only thing stopping it is some context. It's not an episode that you can just jump into and watch without having a little bit of context. So after that, what what do we got? We got our Blue Flame of Valor. This is our best episodes. Our, our Platinum status, S rank, perfect, A plus, whatever. I can't even think of all the ways to describe them. Blue <laughs> Flames of Valor, guys, are the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill. They're some of the best episodes of TV in general. These are the episodes you show to folks that you want to get into this show with you. So usually you got a handful of them in your pockets and uh, you just say, hey, I want to show you this new show. Watch a couple episodes with me. And you intentionally screw around with your algorithm and fuck up your Hulu watch history and always watch the same three episodes. <laughs> so with that being said, Mark, scale of charcoal to blue flame, what do you give Earthy Girls or Easy? Um, I'm giving it a butane. I liked this episode. I thought it was a good through line for what King of the Hill is, what King of the Hill kind of became. And I also like that Hank is on the right side of it. Um, it's also, hey, it, it's amazing to me that this episode showed up so late too, because what is propane, Johnny? A clean burning fuel. Yeah. Yeah. It's never really brought up. Like, they don't even talk about like how propane isn't actively fucking up the world. And they kind of missed an opportunity. Fuck it, it's a megalo, because they missed the opportunity to talk about Sweet Lady Propane. No, it's a it's a butane. I really liked it. I like the characters. I like the ending. Um, Buck and Dale are gross, but they just represent what happens in the world. And once again, we're left with that taste in our mouth of the episode didn't hold up. That is not this episode's fault that we are the way we are. So you can't get mad at it for that. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Um. Well, this gets a megalo from me. Okay. I really did not like this episode. I'm probably actively going to dodge this episode next time I go through. Um, and a couple reasons why. First one, um, from what we have learned in 13 seasons of King of the Hill, um, this buck is unbelievable compared to every other buck Strickland we've ever seen. This buck is, um, he's way, like, charismatic, yes, he's always been charismatic, but he's not suave enough to get these ladies, he's not organized enough to do this, this musical concert, like, I don't believe any of it. I really don't. He's He gets deus ex machina in this entire fucking episode. Um, second okay. con here. Dale gets off scot-free in the end. Um, he gets a little bit of shit from Hank for the most part, but um, what happens? Oh, well, he manages to talk himself out of it, and now him, he and Buck get to use this dude's land, and it basically Dale has no consequences to shaking down and just swindling so many people and part of why i like dale as a character is because almost always he has to get his comeuppance somehow like dale is so easy to handle because he gets fucking wacko and crazy and does stupid shit but he almost always has to pay for it i look at things like king of the anthill it's been a staple for a long time for me because dale gets crazy and does the meanest thing he could possibly do to his neighbor and then has to own up to it in this one, no, he gets the get out of that get out of jail free card, and we just don't ever have to deal with it again. 
Um, and the last one here is is what you said. It, I shouldn't fault the episode for this, but Hank does the right thing and nobody cares. And this feels this makes this episode feel way too much like real life. And I don't want to watch real life. I want to <laughs> I want to watch a TV show that kicks me out of real life. I don't want to feel active like dread and and terror when I watch something about. Oh, yep, we are kind of fucked. I don't like being reminded of that. I watch TV to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that with this episode. Okay. So. It's a lot of words to basically say it's fucking Megalo and I probably won't ever watch it again. That's God, all right. Carbon offsets. I know, buddy. I Jackasses. know. Jackasses. Jackasses. Well, why don't we um, <sighs> go ahead and recycle this episode and maybe build it into a giant man-made horror beyond our comprehension? Would you say uh, we could McMansionize this? <laughs> I reckon I would, buddy. Okay. Well, let's keep on uh, keep on trucking here. This is episode 238, Square-Footed Monster, original air date, October 19th, 2008. This is written by Jerry Collins. Mark, have we seen Jerry Collins before? This name did not ring a bell to me. Um, No, this is his inaugural and one of two, and I'm not going to tell you what the second one is because I think it's going to skew your rating for this episode. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Jerry Collins, welcome to the uh, the Dangle Podcast. Uh, let's hope you make a good first impression. Um, he already does something really fucking cool here with guest stars, okay. and I don't know if you know this, and I'm I'm kind of excited to blow your mind. Um, but we're gonna go through our cast of characters here, and then I'm gonna tell you my fun fact. Okay. Cast of characters for Square Footed Monster are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill. Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boom Hauer, Eric Dwyer, Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Ted Wasana Song, Khan Supanusapone, Joseph and Nancy Gribble, Edgar Hornsby, Doggy, Ed Burnett, Vicky Wilson, and Fritz Kubiak. Okay, Mark, we have three guest stars this week. Okay. Eric Dwyer is our first and a returning guest star. Eric Dwyer is the guy on the council that says... Um, I play golf with Ted Wasana song. Uh, I'm I like I need to know where this listing comes from. No surprise here. He's a returning Chris Elliott. Yes, yes, yes. Out of Sizemore Realty and other things. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Vicky Wilson is our second, and Vicky Wilson is also a returning guest star. It is none other than his daughter Abby Elliott. She's one of the two girls that that like does not know if Edgar Hornsby is dead or not. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I've heard one he's of the, been dead those for 11 years. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, we have Chris Elliott and Abby Elliott. And, Mark, do you know who Edgar Hornsby happens to be? Well, who does Edgar Hornsby happen to be, buddy? A gentleman by the name of Bob Elliott. He would be Chris Elliott's dad and Abby Elliott's granddad. We have a three-generation guest star for this episode. Oh, you cast guest stars based on last name. Scotland Yard must really be missing you. <laughs> How fucking cool is that? <laughs> That's so fucking awesome. Yeah, I love that. I Because I saw the Bob Elliott shit, and I was like, I wonder if, and yeah, come to find out, Bob Elliott is Chris Elliott's daddy. And then you look at his picture, and you can see that, you know, like, families that look like each other? that The Elliott oh, yeah. family looks like each other. It's kind of cool to see. Absolutely. Now, unfortunately, we lost Bob Elliott, I think, either 2016 or 2019. He lived in Maine. He died in Maine. 
It's it's pretty badass. Like had an awesome. Seems like a cool dude. Yeah, this was his very last acting credit. So I have to imagine this was something that like his son and his grandkid asked him to do with them. Like, how cool is that? That's I really like that a lot. That's a really sweet way to end, like end your acting career. You get to share one moment with your kid and your grandkid. Um, so I love that. Okay, so Mark, I alluded to this a little bit off off uh, off mic with you, but I cheated a little bit this week in okay. our synopsis. Okay. Okay. So every time I think of this episode, I think of the one still that manages to show up from it all the time on Our King of the Hill, and it is. Our anime fight scene still, where yes. Boomhauer is dual wielding hatchets and Hank has got the the chainsaw, like all that badass stuff. So mm-hmm. my synopsis for this episode is the supreme ultimate villain of Rainy Street emerges in his final form. Can the fighting heroes band together? And then I thought to myself, John, you can do better. Use the technology and the techniques of your trade. And go fucking cheat and ask ChatGPT to do this for you. (laughs) Okay. So ChatGPT, with my prompt, did not know what episode I was talking about, but assumed that the square-footed monster was, in fact, a literal monster with square feet. But I asked it to give me a synopsis in in a anime narrator voice, and here's what we got. Okay. In the tranquil and picturesque town of Arland, an unexpected turn of events is about to shake the very foundations of our beloved characters' lives. Join us in this thrilling episode of King of the Hill, Square-Footed Monster. As the sun sets over Arland, the residents find themselves facing an unprecedented challenge. An enormous, mysterious creature has invaded their town, leaving giant, square-shaped footprints in its wake. The enigmatic tracks baffle the entire community, and rumors (laughs) about the origin of this square-footed monster run wild. Hank Hill, the mild-mannered propane salesman, takes it upon himself to solve the mystery. With the unwavering support of his loyal friends, Dale, Bill, and Boomhauer, he embarks on a quest to uncover the truth behind this perplexing phenomenon. Armed with his propane knowledge, Hank begins his investigation with steely determination. Meanwhile, Peggy, Hank's devoted wife, delves into the world of investigative journalism, determined to report on this peculiar event for the Arlen newspaper. Her relentless pursuit of the truth takes on her takes her on a roller coaster ride through the town's wildest speculations. As the investigation deepens, the square-footed monster's identity becomes clearer, leading to unexpected and hilarious revelations that challenge the very essence of Arlen's everyday life. In this exciting episode of King of the Hill, prepare to witness a blend of comedy, mystery, and heartwarming moments as Hank and his quirky group of friends work together to unveil the truth behind the square-footed monster. Will they solve the mystery, or is this creature truly a square-footed enigma that will remain unsolved? Don't miss this epic adventure through the eccentric streets of Arlen, as we all come to realize that even in the most bizarre situations, the bonds of friendship and community remain unbreakable. Thank you, ChatGPT. That's all right. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Guys... ChatGPT can be used for a lot of things, and it can help a lot of people, and it can do a lot of really cool shit, and that might be the stupidest thing I've ever made it do. I like it. I also, so, okay, um, I know that you and I haven't tried to kick around a new episode in a minute here, but this is our new episode in the reboot. Um, 
Dale talks Hank into being a cryptid hunter with him. <laughs> okay. And they keep catching Bill in all the traps they set. <laughs> Damn it, Bill, that was for the chupacabra. <laughs> Hank, you put the beef ribs up in the feeder stand. What was I supposed to do? Damn it, Bill, they're not beef, they're goat. He's a goat sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Ace I got a really good I got a really good thermal image of Hank kicking Bill's ass. Looks amazing. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a thermo flare image. (laughs) Okay, sorry, keep going. (laughs) A story character Hank and Ted Wasana song. uh, I mean, it's everybody really, but Hank and Ted are the the two main forces of of uh, menace with each other. No real B story here, unless you want to count Bobby and Joseph, but that's tangential to A. So I don't know how you want to shake that one out. but So um, I had a me... third B story here. Is it the, okay, so I don't remember this at all. I mean, I remember it, but like, is there a B plot in there about um, Gracie's first smell? I... Did I just miss every single line until the cinnamon roll bit? Or am I implanting a false no, memory? No, I, I think, no, I think, I think Lucky just says, I think I want our baby's first smell to be a cinnamon roll. Okay, because I swear to God, there was an entire B-plot in some episode that was literally that. And it was just lucky, like, well, I like the smell <laughs> of truck oil. Maybe the ba- It was that. It was that kind of shit. I don't think it happened. I Already, this episode is a conspiracy. Anyway. I mean, it sounds like something stupid that Lucky would do, so I'm, I'm not going to judge you for it. But uh, No, I, I'm probably using this wrong. I think it's just a non sequitur of Lucky's, just to keep Oh, I think it might be, too. Going. But I was 100%, because I saw it this morning, I was like, I've been watching this episode, I didn't miss them talking. Like, I saw Luann and her give Mark a boner toga, um, you know, like, <laughs> she was there for that, but they weren't talking about baby smells, so I don't know. Uh, anyway, moving on, it's sorry. It's Oracle Luann, Mark. Oracle Luann. Oh, um, Luann the Pythia, let me devote to thee. And she says that two podcasts must fall for a third to rise, but she didn't say which podcast would fall. Yep. Let me Kirkle get you Gurgle. high. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> you want to go first with notes? You want me to go first? Con, you're making me think about smoking weed with Luann, and she just panics and then gets calmed down when she brings out the manger babies. <laughs> Looks like you took a puff of the reeferino. What, what? Yeah, you're stoned. <laughs> gurgle, gurgle, you're a sinner. <laughs> um, okay, so notes. Here we go. Stretching Dale. I like it a lot. That's a. I just like it. And then Boomhauer gets in on it too. And then Hank gets uncomfortable. Okay, you're already. Yep. Way to go, homie. You're already hitting the. Uh, what's our guy's name? Not Joe Walsh. That's Eagles. What's our writer? Uh, Jerry something. Jerry, Jerry. Collins. Thank you. I want to. Yeah. You know. Good job, Jerry Collins. You're already kind of hitting the right notes. Looking good for you, homie. Um, there could be a reboot in this where the guys just flip houses. I would love to watch it. That'd be so cool. You know, they got... Yeah. In my mind, a lot of the reboot takes place on, like, either a podcast or YouTube or some way that we consume media now. But, like, I don't fucking know. Maybe it's, like, Flip of the Hill and Bobby TikToks his dad and Dale and Bill and Boomhauer flipping houses. I don't know. But it'd just be kind of neat. Um... 
They talk about, we're going to do this to Bill's house when he dies. Fuck you. They just did it in Diabolic Shock, and they just did it in Blood and Sauce. Like, Bill's house gets fixed yeah. more in this series than anybody else's. Right. Um, Lucky's here. Why wasn't he in Big Mountain Fudge Cake? Again, I don't care, but... I, again, I was also operating under Corrigan and Walsh wrote this, so I was like, they know better. Um, Joe Jack is a construction worker. I don't know if you caught that, but he's definitely on that crew. <laughs> I didn't catch that, but it doesn't surprise me. There's a one of those big old fat like, brown head, brown haired guy sitting there in fucking overalls and a jean shirt. And it's, it's Joe Jack. He's just eating lunch, but okay. Yeah. Um, Bob Elliott equal Chris Elliott, dad equal Abby Elliott, granddad. Well, you already knocked that out of the park. Good job, buddy. Hey, <laughs> Um, and finally, you are given an implement of destruction to just go fucking hog wild on a room full of furniture. Um, hell, you can even go through a wall if you want to. I'm not constraining you. But you are given a tool. What is your tool of mass destruction to get out of a house? You need to get out of the house. How do you break out of a house with a tool? I need to get out of a house with a tool. Yep, you are you are locked in the house there, and then you, you know, oh, how do I escape? There's a wall, there's Hank's garage wall of tools. Whatever you want, what are you picking? It can't be a fat man from Fallout. Uh, cool. Um, it's a uh, Milwaukee Sawzall. That is my, oh, my oh, weapon oh, of oh. choice. I remember. I remember. Yep. <laughs> I've done some fucking damage with one in my, in, in, in IRL, buddy. I love, I love Sawzalls. That's like one of the greatest fucking tools ever in made in existence. Keep the flats. I want to save them. What'd you say? You asshole. <laughs> I'll never you, forget. <laughs> I want a sledgehammer, man. Give me just a good fucking like, or, you know, no, I, I don't want a hammer. I want a maul with like, you know, the wedge on the end. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I can like just go to town on some studs and, you know, just, I could, I also imagine I could probably, I'm the juggernaut bitch through a wall. And doing that, like, getting to do that a couple, like, you know, here's Johnny swings with a hammer and, like, breaking through with the roke mallet through a door. And then, here's mm. Juggy, but it's Mark Jones, and I break through a door. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This episode really brought up a destructive need in me, and I think <laughs> I'm a bad influence on myself. <laughs> uh, give me some of your notes, buddy. Um, You definitely hit the first one here. But I want to add something to it because I, I also noticed that I've always seen that Boomhauer and Dale doing the exact same movements is indicative that Boomhauer has watched the exact same tape as Dale. Because, like, he follows in the exact same pattern, kind of like they're doing Tai Chi or yoga or, like, a specific set of movements. Okay. Does that make sense? And so I would sure. just, it's just very funny to me, like... I wonder why Boomhauer watches that. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Boomhauer is a total dog. He watches that so that he can be more limber in the sack. Like, <laughs> So you think the Boomhauer is trying to pull a sting and get all limber. Okay. Okay. But but yeah, Dale's watching. Yeah. So like Dale does them and then Boomhauer kind of copies the motion. Well, see, and he, he copies it just perfect. But like, like I said, I don't know. I've always seen it that way. Like that's how I've always okay. a kind of projected into this is that that's why they're doing it together. But yeah, it's just funny to me. It'd be even funnier if it was like a like a ladies tape, you know, like a Jane Fonda workout exercise program to see them both doing it at the same time. Because then it's like, oh, 
yep, you both watched Jane Fonda, but prenatal yoga. Eh. Exactly. Um, next note here is I want to have a discussion with you about old wood versus new wood and which is uh, superior. Um, <laughs> in construction here. Oh. Um, Mark, have you seen the pictures? Like I see them all the time on the internet. Of this is what new wood looks like, and it's uh, uh, like a two by four that's only been grown for oh five to ten years or some shit like that and it's got these massive rings and it doesn't seem super sturdy and then they go like and this is what old wood looks like and it's old wood from like some of these these other places that's been around for 50 years and shit and the wood itself is like super dense and powerful yeah. like i don't know you got any you got any any chime in that you want to say about old wood versus new wood do we need to stand on a soapbox for this and basically tell people leave the fucking forests alone no, I think we know better at this point, but no one cares either. No, um, I would say I don't care either way. The wood is there. Um, if you live in Colorado, you got beetle. Pil- if you live in Colorado, beetle you kill. got beetle kill pine out the ass. So like, yeah. there's wood there. There's wood to be had. Um, when I was at City Market, all of our tables in the produce department were made from that beetle kill pine. They were damn good tables. They fucking stood up to you know hundreds of pounds of fruit being dumped on them daily. So there's nothing wrong with it. The only thing I would say is I am a big um, opponent of like exotic woods, redwood, Brazilian rosewood, um, zebra wood, shit mahogany. like that. Mahogany. Yeah, like. <laughs> I'm not into those. Those are bad for the planet. But shit like shit like pine. Pine grows quick. Give it ten years. Plant a fucking forest and call it good. Like, you know, yeah. it's w- trees can be a renewable resource. We can do it. You just got to do it right. And I know this is on the heels of us like fucking getting all gassed up about environmentalism. But you know what? What if it was the Golden Gate Bridge? And so you start in Maine and you plant ten thousand trees. And by the time you get to California, you start back in Maine and then you cut down all the trees you just planted and then start reseeding back from California. So you know what I mean? You're just like running suicides of lumber production and tree growth. I'm sure it's not yeah. good, but you know. But also, you know, no. There's all the fucking videos of them. What is it? The place? Um, I want to say Africa, and they started three three D printing houses out of bricks. Or yeah. 3D printing bricks and, like, sections of house. Do that. We can do that. We have the fucking technology. I also know for a fact that you can make plastic out of carbon. Like, I know that whatever that company was doing, they also were making carbon bricks and trying to do it that way. So there's no reason right. that we can't build better. We just choose not to. Oh, yeah. Well, and so the only other thing I want to add to this conversation is, you know, old wood, new wood, it's all fantastic. The, the current domicile I live in, I'm pretty sure most of the outside shell of this, like probably 80% of it, is fucking concrete. And it doesn't go anywhere because you do concrete right and it, you never have to fucking do it again. You can't knock it down. Um, I, so Rome, many yeah, German like, homes are concrete. Yeah. Like your insulation is there if you do it fucking right. Like all this shit. So guys, go and use the fucking resources you have, but... Be smart about it. Like, if you want something to last, not everybody needs to be able to be Johnny fucking 2 by 4 and fix their house. Not everybody is a property brother that needs to completely redo their own fucking kitchen. Nah, fuck that. Do what you want to do. It's your house. You earned it, but... Yes, but at the same time, like, be fucking realistic here. Sustainability. Um, yes. Uh, next note here. Why do I... Mark, I need you to help me work through this. I don't understand okay. why. Because normally this irritates me when they're this dumb, but I love Bobby and Joseph in this episode. 
I don't think they're dumb. I, I think love, it's great. They're like, I, they're stupid kids. I love everything like, about them in this episode. Well, no, and usually them being stupid pisses me off most of the time. But in this episode, for some reason, like, it just fucking hits for me. Especially the, like, the weird, stupid cat calls that they join in on. Like, Bobby, Bobby telling the dude at the food trip, hey, good coffee this morning. Like, yeah. it's the little stupid shit. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I like it. I'm all about them being weird. I I love Bobby and Joseph this episode. So do I. I just don't know why. Because this is something that definitely pisses me off most of the time when it comes to them. But eh, it's it's just it's interesting. Because um, Jerry Collins did it right. That's why. That, I mean, that's it right there. So what? A couple weeks ago, we did Strangers on a on a mm, Strangeness on a Train, and we're like, this is a boring B plot with the kids like hiding under the crawl space. This yeah. is this is how you use okay. Bobby and yeah, like but they still got to be thirteen year old highly impressionable children. Like absolutely, they, they just do it. He just okay. hit it right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll I'll take that. Like it, maybe less is more with them. Um, you also don't have the the weirdness of you don't have to add Connie into this. Like she was there with strangers on a train. And there's no need for her to be there. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um. So, yeah, or there I'll, is. I, I want to see. I, I want to see Connie Cat call some woman. <laughs> okay. All right. You look like um, an intelligent woman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My last note here. You already kind of hit a little bit, but it's so we have our implements of destruction. You have. A, I have a sawzall. You have a mall. Uh, My question here is: How quickly could you demo a house with that? The entire house with a mall? I don't know. Give me a day. Okay, I you know I okay so okay so we're, we're we're taking a couple things for granted here. Number one, um, I can die, so I can't just like go down to the basement and rip out the like, you know, I beams. Number two, it's Texas, so there's not a basement. If I'm to believe Reddit and our listeners who say that the weirdest part of this show is Dale <laughs> having a basement really in Texas, exist. yeah. Um, but no, yeah, like I I could probably take down a house in a week. I bet. Okay. You give me enough pre-workout. You know, Actually, no, take that back. You give me enough whiskey, I can take down a house in three days. Yeah, let's do this. I see. I think I can. I can beat you uh, with my sawzall, but it's got to be. It's got to be a um, uh, plug-in, so it's not battery powered. It's a uh, outlet powered, uh-huh. and I need to have like probably four or five blades with me. But I'm pretty sure I could take out most of the fucking house in a day if I had that. Okay. Okay. But okay, uh, Mark, give me your pros because that's what I got for notes here. Not a lot. I, okay. I really okay. like. I enjoyed watching this episode. I did too. Um, I yeah, I was. I I, I like this one. Um, number one, Bill's eating cereal and he's got the whole gang lined up, and you can win breakfast with Chick Mangione. I want to win breakfast with Chick. <laughs> I want breakfast with Chick Mangione. What are you making, Chick, for breakfast? Um, ooh. You know what? I here's I'm going to make a stupid fucking joke here. You know what he's getting? What's that? He's getting a a croissant, a baguette, and uh a soft-boiled egg with butter. Okay. Because that dude okay. plays a fucking French flugelhorn and he's getting a French fucking breakfast. All right. All right. <laughs> I'd make him a chicken fried steak and hash browns because, you know, a good hearty breakfast feels so good. 
Also, who the fuck is ever going to take turn down a chicken fried steak for breakfast? Nobody. I would fucking stab somebody for a chicken fried steak right now. Right now. <laughs> I would maul somebody's leg for a chicken fried steak right now. The guy's talking shit about Ted's house when they think that he's building it for him. And Dale is, like, actively making... This is your dream house? This is stupid. I love that. I love how ne- I love how mean they are to Ted. And, like, I love that. I, I hate this mentality of, like, five-bedroom, five-bath bullshit. Fuck you. Like, live within your means. Who needs but- five bathrooms? Like, I like to shit in my own bathroom, yes. But I don't need five fucking bathrooms to do it. Well, okay, but... What if you only... Okay, so I don't know about you. I poop four times a day. Um, What if you only had to poop in one bathroom? You got to poop in a different bathroom every day. And the reason I bring this up is when I was driving truck for Budweiser and merchandising shit, I would go to at least 15 different stores in a day. And I made it a point to shit in one at least... To at least take one shit in one of those stores once a week. But then I also made it a point to hang a piss in each one. But I always made a point never to double up and hang a piss in the same one until the week started over. So, like, I was essentially getting to use a different bathroom every time. And, God, it was oddly liberating. So, my follow-up is, what if you had a bathroom for every day of the week, Johnny? I'd be a... Obscenely rich man. Yes, you would. I probably need to buy some carbon offsets. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the misdirect of um, bringing Hornsby in in the beginning, and you know, oh, you should go talk to this dude, but he's dead. Oh, he's not dead. He's alive. You can go talk to him. And <laughs> he's then, on like, the third floor. Yeah, and then I can go talk to him. We talk to him, and he scoots around. And then, gentlemen, you could spend all day watching me scoot, and God knows, I would enjoy you doing it. But I can't help you. It's a good misdirect. Um, That's my favorite moment, so I can't talk about that. But I like the misdirect in that little bit. Like, well, now it's on Hank. Now, so, you know, the proper channels have failed Hank. We got to get creative. Uh, right. Again, looking at a good episode of King of the Hill, this is what we're doing here. Um, Bobby and Joseph with the construction workers. We already talked about it, but I'll just hit it a little bit again. I love it. I think it's great. And, yeah, those are my pros, buddy. Okay. Um, so I'm glad we don't have a lot of, sh- of, of crossover with this. And I like that because there's other shit that I loved about this episode. The first oh, one cool. being the guys being mistaken for day laborers is one of the, <laughs> one of the funnier jokes that I, I've seen. Uh, and that the fact that they just fucking go with it because they're like, oh, yeah, no, we totally know where this is going to end up. Like, we just get to go and do cool shit on somebody's house now. I'm into this. All right. Um, next pro here is it's it shouldn't be a pro, but it is a pro. Uh, You and I talked about the season 13 opener, Diabolic Shock, and how we got fucking robbed of a scene where the guys should be doing a bunch of cool shit. Like, all the stuff they're fixing in Bill's house, we didn't get to see. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, we got it in this one. So it's a pro that we eventually got to fucking see it. And this could be why they didn't do it in the opener, because they knew, hey, just down the fucking way, we're going to have this exact same goddamn scene. Hmm. Okay. So the fact that we got to see it makes me happy. I'm going to give him some props for that. Um, I love Khan's reaction when he finds out that Ted is not the one that's moving in and that he's just building it as a spec house because he is just like <laughs> elated and then crushed. And then, but I could still use your facsimile machine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Ted. It's incredible. Yeah, Fucking it is. Ted, dude. Um, I love the dumb girls at the clerk window. Um, 
Abby Elliott and her friend, I, I don't remember who it is. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's Brittany Murphy, but it might be knowing them. They probably doubled up on something, but oh, yeah. I love how stupid that whole conversation is very funny because I've known so many people that are like that. I've heard that he had his paycheck all the way up until last month. Benefits and everything. Like, that is the funniest shit to me. Because it's those weird little urban legends that don't fucking exist anymore. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, And my last pro here is the storm sequence. And this is a... We haven't had this for a while, but I'm going to call it out at least for me personally... This is a, hey, we blew the animation budget moment because that entire storm sequence has got so much shit going on for an extended period of time. Um, it starts out with Luann's fucking sliding glass window getting just annihilated by uh, an egress. Yeah. And then Bill's house gets all screwed up. Um, his his uh, shutter gets all screwed up. We see like just chunks of the house flying off. Everybody gets these cool action shots of like, busting things up. I love Boomhauer like dual wielding those little hatchets and just going to town on one of those yeah. um pillars, um, columns. Columns, yeah. Yeah. Is <laughs> that thinking of Mel Brooks? Um but yeah, like the columns <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Ionic, Corinthian, Doric. Don't touch the merchandise, sir. Sorry, every time I need to fucking remember what, what the difference between a fucking row and a column is, that comes into my brain. It's a weird weird thing. <laughs> but anyway, so the, the whole storm sequence is so fucking cool. And to me, it is like the best, the best example of how you can, you can push your, what is it? Your traditional storytelling structure into the climax, but not have it be the climax, right? Because that's only two thirds the way through the show, because we still right. have Ted and, and Hank and the entire courtroom scene and then we have the entire um, reveal of, hey, guess what? I can play this game too. And now you have a power substation here. Like this, there's a whole, like, it feels like half an episode left. And yet we get all of the main big action in the middle there. Just super, super cool shit. I, I fucking, I love, I love that storm scene. But also I understand why our King of the Hill loves to screenshot them in their anime pose. It's a really cool moment for all of those characters. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I like it. I know what They're a negative it is on Reddit, but I think it's great. I think I, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent That scene is amazing, and I love. I like it. Yeah. It's just also weird that we're watching the hills destroy or the King of the Hill crew destroy two houses within a season of each other. Cough, cough. Six yeah. characters. Cough, cough. Whatever. But yeah, what do we do? It's true. Uh, but anyway, those are my pros. What do you got for cons? What do you not like about this? I only have one con. So, oh shit, what is it? Like about this episode? No, nah, uh, no, nah, you, you go is first. Taking, Luann's taking pregnancy photos. Like she's goddamn Aphrodite, and she is about thirteen months pregnant at this point, and so I'm mad about it. She's like twenty months. Like that baby's gonna come out with a full set of teeth and a head of hair. Like that's <laughs> gross. It's gonna come out with its fucking lucky teeth. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> That's the only one I've gotten here, though. Like, there's not a lot for me to hate in this episode. Yeah, I genuinely enjoy this episode. Like, you could rail about, like, how shitty, like, internal government is, but fuck, we've been to this party. We know. You don't have to talk about how Ted is, like, the ultimate villain either because he's already fucking established himself. Like, yeah. 
him being the fucking bad guy in this episode's not surprising to any of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I only got two cons here. Number one, McMansions. They're just gross. I hate them. They're all cut and paste. Um, I, I don't yeah. like it. You don't need them. Guys, come on. Try better or do better. I don't fucking know. I'm not saying, you know, live in a shack, but, you know, whatever. Um, And finally, oh, no, nobody on Rainy Street, Street can sleep past 530 in the morning. I bet that's a goddamn nightmare. Fuck you people and your fucking sleep privilege. <laughs> I've been up since four <laughs> every day this week. <laughs> you know what you Mark do it for in the sleeping. goddamn morning? Nothing. You don't do anything because there's nothing to do because it's cold and it's dark and I should be asleep and I can't be. Fuck the hills. And they're, it's almost 6 a.m. Nah. Cowards. Weakness. John. Favorite moments. <laughs> Um, I only have one here, like one specific moment that I haven't already mentioned. And it's, it's so weird. It's a Joseph line and Mark, it's just that dude had a lot to drink. <laughs> Cause he's, Cause he's watching the dude just... peeing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, they get to pee anywhere they want. Like they're peeing all over the place. And just, he caps it off. Like if you hear that line and then hear him say, that dude had a lot to drink. It's really funny. Like, at least it's really funny to me. <laughs> okay. What about you, buddy? Um, You already called it, and I had to, like, bury the lead. It's the entire destruction of the house scene. Literally the entire start to finish. I like it. I like watching everybody in their various action poses. I like the let's go fuck this thing up action pose. It's great. The animation is on point. Um, honestly, the entire tearing down the house, it is a it is a hard battle. Um, I appreciate it. It is a, a feat. But then, like, I like the misdirect, too, of like, oh, yeah, the storm blew it. Bullshit. Those are sledgehammer prints. And then, you know, showing <laughs> it to what's-his-nuts and, well, you know, it would have come down anyway and all that. And then there's really no resolution. Ted still wins. And I kind of like that, too, because once again, like, this is a this is real life. The bad guy wins most of the damn time. He does, but they make the best of it, right? With with them putting up the fake house, like, cool. At least it doesn't look shitty. This is what we wanted. Yeah. yeah. Can I throw a side con in really quick before you give me your favorite moment? Yeah. They built. So okay, so they 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 flipped and then they built two houses in this fucking episode. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, aren't houses expensive? Just, just saying. Okay. All right. Next. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, we're actually, so I gave you my favorite moment already, buddy. So we're on to ratings. What do you give it as a rating? Oh shit. My bad. Um, Elysian space dust is a lot stronger than I am. I'm giving this, I don't know. This is a buking. I really like this episode. It's a really good episode. Why isn't this a charking, John? What did you, what did you give it? Did you give it a charking? And if so, why? Nope. Okay. Good. I didn't, but uh it's we don't have a sound effect for a tube you king. So yeah. This might be I don't think we ever um, have ever done a double buking. Have no, we? we have because no we have because the last time you said this and I said, We'll rate it Bukings. We'll rate okay. it Bukings. Yeah. Well guys, so that's we're our going sound tenacious effect. D on this shit. Um it's not quite good enough to be a char king. It just isn't. Um there's not right, it's missing something, this. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's not enough in this. Like, there's moments of it being classic King of the Hill, but there's also other stuff where it's just like, all right, this kind of, it drags, or it just doesn't feel quite right, or eh, it just is what it is. Um, 
but what I wrote down here is this isn't actually super solid. There are stakes in this episode and it gets, it got an extra half. Like this would have been probably just a butane for me. Um, if I hadn't realized that it, we got a three generational guest star sequence in this episode. And to me, that is super fucking cool. I can't think of another TV show where you get three generations of people in a single show, like in one single episode like that. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Like, and it definitely doesn't happen very often. And to do it in an, in an animated, like in a voice acting context, which should be an easier thing to do, but like, yeah, this is just super fucking cool to me. Like, I really, really like that. So, um, yeah, Double Buking, man. All right. Cool. Cool, cool. I like it. These, I don't know, season 13, we're... Here we go. Um, it's all downhill from here, I guess, but shit, man. Um, I guess it wasn't terrible, so to that end, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you? Yeah. I am still fond of king of the hill i tell you what (laughs) (laughs) tell these people where to find us johnny well if you guys love king of the hill just as much as we do please follow us on any of our social media platforms we are on instagram we're on twitter we are on facebook at dangle podcast we got a group there um if you want to get in touch with us on our gmail we are dangle podcast at gmail.com uh, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. I am Krautball. Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Um, Mark, I know we're, we we just started our final season of this, and I think you and I are starting to narrow down what our next our next endeavor is because you can't you can't get rid of Mark and Johnny. This is our therapy every week, and it's the only reason I'm not fucking homesick living in another country. So um, stay tuned. Mark and I are working on something. It looks like you will uh, potentially be getting something new from us coming in March. uh, If we did our math correctly and and Mm -hmm. did all of our braining and stuff. So you get to hang out with us on Rainy Street all the way through the Leaven season and or Carnival season, if you will, if you're in Germany. Um, (laughs) But Mark, where can they find you when they're when you're not talking to me? Well, if I'm not doing therapy with you, then I'm probably doing therapy with our other buddy, Brad, on the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast. And you've also done group with us over there. It's a oh, cinematic yeah. review podcast. Great. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I think it kicks ass. Those are some of my favorite episodes when you come on. Uh, it's a uh, weekly cinematic review podcast where we take a movie that was influential, instrumental, a big part of our life, and make the other one watch it. And then we discuss, when can I show this to my children? Uh, you can also find me on the Two Wizards podcast, where me and our buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. I am 900% sure that I don't know what the topic was, but just go back and listen to our Journey to the Planet Serpo episode, which made me lose my goddamn mind. And in the meantime, you can also find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, and also, also, we are unifying the banners under one name. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to shut down the Dangle Podcast Twitter here when we run our... When we, when we, you know, run our course, John, we'll be up for a while. But in the future, yep. moving forward, anything that we are associated with, you can find it by looking for High Hammock Radio. That's high as in up there. Hammock as in a bunch of Coming cloth that you sit, hang in or the hammock district. And radio as in that thing you don't listen to in the car anymore because it's a dead medium. But yeah, find me there, find us there. Um, Johnny, thank you for being here. Listeners, thank you for being here, and we'll see you next week. 
We'll see you next week, everybody.